Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my fiance, Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? How much? It's been a good week here. It is uh, December 19th, nineteen. 98 it is it is our last episode of the year everybody merry christmas and happy new year yeah merry christmas happy new year we will have next week uh which should will be the day after christmas we will have our best of episode our christmas present to you that we do every year uh mark does every year really (laughs) and uh the week after that we're still off but we're going to have a best of Horny Creek and Slayer Talk. That'll be fun. They'll be mixed and matched together. So uh, you'll have that to look forward to. And then the second week of January, we'll be back. We may or may not have new episodes of 90210 for you. I'm leaning towards not. I don't know how you feel. Yeah, I think we should really take the break. Yeah. Because I worked it out and... At the end of this season of 90210, the one that's currently airing, we should be, if I'm if I'm correct, we should be done, like caught up to 90210 in real time right before September. And if they're going to have another season, then that means that we'll be caught up right before the new season. So we'd be able to watch season 10 with you guys. That'll be so exciting. Starting in September of 1999. Woo-hoo. So, you know, like less than a year from now. Yeah. I mean, assuming they have another season. Have you heard that for reals? Because I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, I purposely don't wa- like pay attention to any news. Sometimes news will come up on 90210 and I just tune it out because I don't want any spoilers. But I do know that it's still very popular. So... So you're just like, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I'm imagining that. It's Can gonna, you hear me now? I'm imagining that it's going to get, I don't know what that means. I'm imagining that it's going to get another season because uh, of how popular it is. But, Carol, will President Clinton get another season? Because <laughs> today. That is the question. Impeached. What do you think? For two counts of high crimes and misdemeanors, obstruction of justice, and lying under oath. Sorry think, to talk about politics, everybody, but it's a huge story. I think it's dumb because what they're saying he lied about is having an affair, right? Yeah. I mean, like, what? What? Why is it anybody like they shouldn't have been asking that anyway? It's his personal life. Their own. Well, blame Kenneth Starr, I guess. Their own. Uh, what speaker of the house? Their own new speaker of the house says he's strayed from his marriage. <laughs> Clinton's uh, popularity remains very high, and they're bombing Iraq and all that shit. So, because they won't let you in inspectors in or something. Sorry to talk about politics, everybody. But oh, I still like President Clinton. Anyway, that's uh, that's the news. There, I figured we would be derelict in our duty if we didn't mention it. I mean, he just got impeached today, so yeah, it's, I feel bad for him. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not going to get into it, but. <laughs> You don't want to uh, rile up the uh, the listeners there with our political views? I don't agree with the things he's done, and I don't think he's a particularly good person. 
uh, he's politically, I think it's hard to argue with some of his successes. Okay. Uh, the economy has been very successful under him. Uh, the budget has been balanced for the first time since like Nixon, I think, under him. So he's he has had successes as a president. And I think if from a purely governing side, he's been pretty good at the very least to maybe even great. As a person, I think he's not a good person. Sure, there are lots of people, though, that aren't good people that don't have to you know, face criminal charges for not being good people. No, I understand. I, I think the impeachment thing is... So there's two sides of me on this, too. So I think the impeachment thing's kind of dumb, but the history nerd inside of me, knowing that we've never, we haven't had an impeachment since the impeachment of uh, Andrew Johnson in the uh, 1860s, uh, has me kind of... I don't know, excited, I guess, for a trial in the Senate where all three branches of the government come together. The Senate is the jurors, the executive branch is on trial, and the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court is the judge. So it's a confluence of all the branches of government coming together. From a history point of view, it's exciting. You should see his face right now. He's so happy. It's amazing. I'm so happy that uh, a maybe good president but terrible person's life is being torn Blown up. But whatever. His wife hugged him and stuff, so he's cool. (laughs) Um, Speaking of cool, though, Garbage's goal is great songs, not big sales. Okay. You familiar with the band Garbage? Yeah, I like Garbage. Uh, Yeah, that's why you're with me. Hey, now. Nothing lasts. Not at all. That's the lesson in pop for 98 much touted records by previously big selling bands such as Pearl Jam, Smashing Pumpkins, Hole, and Marilyn Manson are sinking off the charts. Well, you know, you know Marilyn Manson, right? Yeah. How's Robert Zombie doing? Uh, Rob Zombie? Uh, I don't know. I know he's more human than human, but anyway. Uh, while hot selling hip hop artists such as Lauren Hill, Master P, and Jay Z are making mincemeat out of the prognosticators. The prognosticators? People that uh, make predictions. Okay. Add Garbage, which hits Joe Louis Arena tonight, as part of CIMXFM's, which is 89X, Christmas concert, the night 89X stole Christmas, which is a local uh, reference for all of you guys, uh, to list of bands caught up in the upheaval. The group's 1995 debut album sold 4 million copies worldwide, and the quartet was further boosted by the chart-topping number one hit, uh, number one crush from the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack. I love that song. But the follow-up, version 2.0, is lingering listlessly in the middle of the top 200 and still has not reached gold status, which is $500,000 sales. Hmm. Missing from the discussion about its changing fortunes of the record industry, however, is the question of content. Uh, so Garbage is saying they, they want to make great songs. They don't give a fuck how, how much it's selling. That's bullshit. I agree. <laughs> it's just like, you know, when somebody like gets rejected for a date and they're like, I don't care if you like me. I just, I'm hot. Exactly. If you want to continue to make uh, music garbage, you should care about uh, the sales. Uh, but this is the this is the lineup. Beck, Garbage, Marcy Playground, which is one of my favorites. Plus, Sex and candy. Yes, exactly. 
I want sex and candy. Who doesn't? Yeah. Placebo and Everlast. You know, Everlast? That's yeah. uh, the one guy from House of Pain. Jump around. You know, that's <laughs> it. Uh, MC'd by uh, Kid Rock. Wow. I'll tell you what, pretty soon he gets any more famous, he, he does any more albums, he's going to have to be called uh, Teenager Rock. <laughs> okay. And then later adult rock and then finally old man rock i feel like that's not gonna happen 30 years from now they're gonna call him old man rock all right that sounds nasty somehow you don't want an old man rock i don't i don't want that all right well speaking of old man rocks this is actually not that bad of a uh, transition either um yahoo Internet Life Magazine interviews the Star Trek captains. William Shatner says, uh, on the other captains, Patrick Stewart, Kate Mulgrew, and Avery Brooks, as captains, are, uh, uh, as captains are far too young for their roles. It takes an aged, gentle, wise, Viagra-energized <laughs> man like myself to be the best captain. So now what was the subject? Jeez. Oh, Patrick Stewart re- responds... Uh, Bill is absolutely right. I don't quarrel with him on anything. That's, uh... That's old man speak right there. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, uh, now, here is Bob Talbert, uh, one of the, one of the, the venerable writers for the Detroit for Press. If I were Santa, I'd bring these gifts to Michigan. Okay. So let's see if you agree with any of this. <laughs> uh, to Governor John Engler, a fitness program. Because he's fat. Uh, wow. Start with Rush Limbaugh's low-fat diet, which the radio loudmouth says helped him lose 80 pounds. That's right. I'm, I'm Rush Limbaugh, and I lost 80 pounds with a low-fat diet. Wow, he sounds Scottish. You've, you've heard of Rush Limbaugh. Of course. That right-wing radio ranter. I'm just saying... It's the liberals and the drive-by media. I've definitely heard of them, yes. Anyway, uh, if Engler has any further political ambitions as vice president or cabinet member, he'd better start now. Can't be a fatty, apparently. Tim Allen, a well-deserved bow for his exemplary behavior after rehab. Friends are raving about how well the Beverly Hills Michigan comedian looks, sounds, and says he feels in his new state of sobriety. Yeah, okay. I'm sure you feel better. Let's fucking clap for the guy that got caught with uh, over a pound of cocaine. And right. Went to jail in 1978, and now he's gone to rehab, and he's so good for you. I, who the, f- like, seriously? I don't give a fuck. I hate Tim Allen. Um, I know you do, baby. Elmore Leonard. John Travolta freeing up his film schedule so he can play Chili Palmer in the movie version of Dutch's just-finished novel, Be Cool, which is a sequel to Get Shorty. Ah. Frank Kelly, some big bucks from the new law practice the retiring state attorney general will open up in Lansing. Yep, really hoping for you there, Frank Kelly. Uh, Ernie Harwell, he got his big gift with the Tigers and WJR 760 when they signed him to the radio voice of the Tigers through 2000. So he already got his gift because <laughs> he'll, he'll be uh, Ernie Harwell. Uh, stood there like the, what's he say, like the barn by the side of the road. Yeah. Ernie Harwell's the best. Uh, L. Brooks Patterson. Casinos for Oakland County. 
That's by the way, for those of you guys who don't know, El, this got very local. Sorry, everybody. L. Brooks Patterson is the uh, the county executive. Oh, I didn't even for, know that. So. For Oakland County uh, casinos for Oakland County, he deserves at least one as a thank you for making the Metropolitan Detroit Convention and Visitors Bureau back down on changing its name to Visit Detroit, a dumb name in the first place. The Oakland County exec rightly believes the name shunned his counties: Pine Knob, Palace, Meadowbrook, Cranbrook, Somerset Collection, Great Lakes Crossing, Downtown Royal Oak, etc. Oh my! Uh, Frank Turner, a telephone credit card for the X Channel Seven anchor. Or on second thought, forget that one. I don't. I don't. I don't remember what happened to him, but. Uh, let's see. Is there anything that's not super local? No, I, I Lions and Pistons fans, refunds. <laughs> All right. They suck. Uh, now, Carol, before we get into the movie, yes. I've got a little surprise for you. What's Last that? one of the year, everybody. It's time for some massive love. Yay. We're going to talk about a movie that's very lovely. It is. It's about love. So I figured time for massive love. Now this again comes from the wild hearts section. So these are some wild hearts. All right, let's go. Uh, old hound still chasing. Oh dear. Married white male, fifty two, six two, two hundred and twenty five pounds. That's fair. Looking for white female to share relationship with. Open minded, discreet, waiting for you. No buses, please. What does that mean? No fat women. So that was my question for you. There's there's a lot there's a lot to to unpack. There here. is, yes. First of all, he's he's an old hound Ugh. that's still hunting or still chasing. He's married. Uh-huh. But he's still chasing tail, I guess, as they said in the seventies or whenever this guy's heyday was. <laughs> um he's a fucking Fonzie kid. Uh but he's looking for a white female. Now, no buses. This is my question for you. This is what caught my my attention. Mm-hmm. Does he mean as you as you you surmised? Does he mean like a, a overweight woman? Is he calling overweight women buses, or is he saying I I don't want to take a bunch of buses to meet you, or or you can't. Like I like I don't want to have to. I'm not a long distance. Is that what he's saying? I I'm not sure. <laughs> I I mean like I, it could be either way, or he could mean he wants the woman to have her own car. I mean yeah, I really yeah that could be it. No buses, please. I really don't know. That's not like a common phrase that people are going to get. That was a you waste need, of paying per word because yeah. what does it mean? You need, sir, old old hound. <laughs> you need to update your slang. Yeah, maybe it was something in the seventies. Who knows? Oh, she's a bus. I mean, it I would get, be I a think good you, thing. I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. I think it means overweight women. Which makes him even more despicable yeah. than just the the garden variety fifty two year old married guy looking for a woman. And the worst part is at fifty two, like he's probably been married a long time. Yeah. And like he's just trying to make himself feel younger or whatever they do, you know. Exactly. How it's many bullshit. how many unenthusiastic blowjobs does your wife have to give before you before your uh <laughs> You're faithful to her, sir. Gee, you looking forward to marriage there, dear? (laughs) 
you know. I feel that that we will will buck the trend. I think so, but I was at a party years ago, like not that many years ago, but it was a few. Feels like a years ago, right? Um, talking to this guy who was young and had just gotten married, uh-huh. and he was just depressed, sitting in a chair by himself drinking beer. Yeah, and he's just like. You know what? You get married, never have sex again. That's what marriage is. No sex. It's like, they're young people. Yeah. That's weird. Well, I mean, that's, see, that's, that's my favorite too. The guys that hate their wives, like the married (laughs) married guys. Like, it's almost like a genre of guy. (laughs) Right. I'm one of those guys that hates my wife. I'm going to talk about how much I hate my wife, everyone. It's so dumb. Yeah. Um. I've heard I heard the exact opposite from a guy. I was at a par- I was at a party several years ago, uh, actually playing poker with a bunch of people, and this guy just out of the blue, I've, somebody must have been saying something at his table, but out of the blue, he just says to the entire room, "I'll tell you what, I, I feel sorry for you guys saying, oh, I'm married, we never have sex or whatever.' My wife and I do it like uh, like once a day to like once every other day or something. <laughs> I feel sorry for you guys. I don't have that problem though. It's like." Congratulations, yeah. sir. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why some people think that when they get married, they're just not. I mean, I guess maybe there are women who don't like sex. Yeah. And they just use it to get married. Maybe. And then have babies, and then they don't want it anymore. Um, but I think that would be a rarity. I don't think that's very common. I think sometimes guys stop trying to. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, sometimes you need a little finesse to get in there. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of finesse. Talk about trying, though. He's taking a fucking ad out. <laughs> right. Put that effort into your marriage, sir. Uh, white couple seeks by female for a Christmas gift she will never forget. It does not say gift. Oh, not. sorry. For a Christmas she will never forget. Okay. That changes the meaning quite a bit, honestly. He, 51, full of imagination. <laughs> she, 37, and willing to listen. Okay, does that mean take orders? No, men. Serious replies only. I mean, he's full of imagination. She's willing to listen. I think, like, it's almost like, like, do you need a shoulder to cry on? After that, my, I mean, that's what after my like. husband's imagination runs wild on you. But I feel like he just doesn't want to say she obeys me. <laughs> I guess. Do I, it sounds like they both wrote this, though, kind of. like Yeah. White couple seeks by female for a Christmas she will never forget. So they just they want a threesome for Christmas. Is it the Christmas that the bi female will never forget, or a Christmas that his wife will never forget? Is this like a present for his wife, or is this a present for him? I guess two women's probably a present. I, for I, him. I feel like he was saying that the bi female will never forget it. Wow, that's very that's very bold. That's are you over promising and under delivering? Maybe. There? <laughs> Seems like that'd be easy to do. That's yeah. I don't know. Uh, Macomb area married white couple by curious wife seeks by or by curious female for a fun, discreet relationship. So she's a wife. Mm-hmm. So she's married. Yeah, it says she's married. Well, it says married couple. Oh, okay. Okay. So they're both looking. And that that's what that's why I saved this one. That's what I'm confused about. So she says Macomb area married white couple, comma, by curious wife, comma, Seeks, oh, the wife's bi-curious. Yeah, the couple is seeking, the wife is bi-curious. Yeah, so that actually, sir, just for uh, future edification for yourself, 
That should either be parenthetical. <laughs> so instead of the comma setting that off, that should be in a parentheses by itself or at the very least set off by dashes. Because it's too it's too much of a parenthetical phrase to be set off by commas. It makes it confusing. It honestly should be in parentheses. So, married white couple, parentheses, bi-curious wife, seeks white or bi-curious female for a fun, discreet relationship. White, bi, or bi-curious. Not white or bi-curious, because that would be... Yeah, white, bi, or bi-curious. You can't be white or bi-curious. <laughs> oh, Carol, what do you yes. think? Do you want to apply for that job? N- no. <laughs> I mean, we could we could look for uh, somebody, but I don't want to go be in somebody's oh, can we? fantasy. Late fee 1994. <laughs> I don't want to be the guest star. Are you an attractive uh, bi <laughs> female? Uh, then, uh, you know, late fee 1994. Uh, Good looking straight type. Genuine free spirited gay white male. What the fuck? Okay, sorry. No, no, it's okay. He's, I, like, I want you to respond, but just listen to the whole thing. Okay. Good looking straight type. Genuine, free-spirited, gay white male, 44, 6'1", 200 pounds. Very nice stats. Not into gay life. Oh, jeez. Seeks romance, love, good-looking, masculine, nice guy. So this guy is gay but wishes he wasn't. Apparently. Like, what's gay life? Watching that new show, Will and Grace? No, because he wants to live in the closet. Like, I mean, that's that's all this. It, like, gay life would mean actually going out into the world with a man. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So not just, like, going to, like, like Bob's Oyster Bar or whatever, the like, uh, the gay bars or anything. He just, he just wants to have some sex and pretend that he's not gay. Don't we all? Do we? <laughs> Do we, Mark? Because <laughs> I feel like we have some things to talk about, my if that is true. My intrusive thoughts just broke free of <laughs> Uh, oh, this is a good one. Are you seeking variety? Married white couple with a single white male seeks bi or bi-curious female or couple for pleasurable relationships. Oh, that was complicated. That was a lot. Okay. Seriously, you need a uh, a chart to figure out what's going on here. But from what I worked out reading it, there is a, a married white couple. Mm-hmm. And they have in tow <laughs> a single white male. So they already have three people in this relationship. They are now seeking a bi or bi-curious female or a couple to add to the relationship. So they're just looking for an orgy? I, it sounds like they're looking for a relationship orgy. A, 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 a orgy ship. I mean, it's not even like polyamory because there's like not just like a dude and a bunch of girls or a girl and a bunch of dudes. I think they're looking it's for a commune. Two dudes and a girl looking for another girl or another couple girls and a dude. What I think they want is they want to be able to walk into a room and just have sex with whoever's in that room. Yeah. <laughs> they're looking. They have a they have a like a six a six room house. And they just want a person for each room. There you go. There you go. It's so weird, though, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I, not to shame anybody. Whatever whatever consenting adults 
or, you know, an entire group of adults wants to do is up to you. But, like, that's so, that's very out of the ordinary. I feel like it wouldn't work. Like, that would not last long because I think that a stronger connection would have to form between a couple of the people. Yeah. And then there'd be jealousy and, exactly. you know, hey, favoritism. Jealousy. And, like, I, I just can't imagine. Like, I could see, like, a, a polyamorous couple sure. with, like, people maybe they bring in and out, but they're, like, the couple. Yeah. But they're talking about a lot of people. Yeah. I know it's weird. Yeah. How many successful threesomes do you think have been have been brought together by this by this newspaper section. You mean just the sex act when you say yes. threesome? Oh, yeah. lots probably. You think what so? You think? I don't know. There are I skipped over a lot of them because some a lot of them are are very vanilla and just just like general nothing we can really latch on to to kind of talk about humorously. But there are also bi females in there saying like, "Hey, I'm a bi female. I want to be looking for a couple." Mm-hmm. So you would think there's there's both sides of the equation making yeah, uh, they'll find each other making things. So yeah, I mean, I, I would assume that 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 is pretty successful. It seems like I don't know. Um, you could just manage that by going to a, a club, though. Honestly, like probably I don't know. Like I, it's kind of a specific thing. Like you you might not find if if like if us for mm-hmm. instance. Uh, let's say we went out to a club, right? Okay. It's not maybe every girl we walked up to is not going to be like, oh, yeah, I've always thought about being in a threesome well, with a sure. couple. sure. Of course. So, like, I think the percentage of people willing to do that is lower. So you think there'd be a lot of strikeouts, is what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, I think that's why, the, I think that's why they, they turn to the paper because... They're like, well, you know, they'll read the paper and they'll come to us. Here's the problem with the paper, though. You put out these ads, you, you know, you got people calling each other, leaving messages, sure. you decide to meet. They have no idea what these people look like. That's true. How many people do you think have been murdered? <laughs> <laughs> I hope not many. How many nations have been started? Oh, this? dear God. <laughs> anyway, uh, last one here. Answer this, ladies. No. Are you open-minded? Want to lose control in a situation you enjoy? Call and let me know what you can endure. Oh, dear. <laughs> Straight white male. I know you could read it, but they didn't hear that last word, I don't think. Sorry. Because <laughs> you talked over it. <laughs> Call and let me know what you can endure. <laughs> what does that mean? I think he wants to hurt somebody. Do you want to lose control in a situation you enjoy? Is this the guy from that... What's, what, what's the strange? What, what the fuck? Oh, Strangeland. Yeah. Strangeland. Yeah. yeah. Is this uh, the lead singer of uh, Twisted Sister? Nobody called that number because you'll end up in a cage. What's that on your uniform? A Twisted Sister pin? <laughs> You're worthless and weak. Do you remember that? Yes. From uh, the, the video? Yes. That guy was from Animal House. We're not gonna take yeah, exactly. it. exactly. Yeah. You got it. Ah, uh, yeah, Animal House, great movie. But yeah, you don't respond. To, that's a stranger. Stranger yeah. danger. Strange land. Okay, stranger danger. That's worse. Hey, how many how many people on the internet do you think are now putting ad, like maybe maybe this is not going to be in the newspaper that long? I didn't even think about that. But how hmm. many people on the internet do you think are like, hey, we're a bi curious couple. 
They just go into the chat room or whatever. And like, like in Strange like Land. A lo- yeah, like a local chat room. Like, hey, buy, buy curious couple here. Uh, we want a woman. Anybody want to fuck us? Be a lot cheaper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe you could see a picture before you meet. Yep, just the one, put one of those AOL discs in the free trials. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of meeting on the internet, Carol, yeah. that is a perfect segue. It I didn't is. Plan that. Nice job. But that's a perfect segue to the movie we saw today. I believe it was called um, Someone's Got Some Mail. <laughs> You've got mail. Yeah. that every, The words everyone loves to hear when they like, <laughs> Welcome. You've got mail. It does make you happy, though, doesn't it? Like, you get a little excited, like, ooh, who wrote me? Yeah, sometimes it's uh, somebody telling me to get a credit card. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's junk, but most of the time it's, you know, somebody saying hi. Yeah, somebody saying hi. Like, I like chatting with people on the internet. So we watched You've Got Mail, uh, the third movie that Megan Ryan and uh, Thomas Hanks have been in. Okay, so Tom Hanks probably is Thomas. T. Hanks. I don't think Meg is Megan, and I don't think you should make assumptions like that. You don't think Meg Ryan is Megan Ryan? I do not. No, I don't. I mean, like, her whole life, like, at least as far as we've been known her, she's been Meg. I think that, I think that, uh, you know what, you know what probably is? Hmm. She's probably Margaret. Oh, God. She does not look like a Margaret. No. No, Meg fits her much better. Yeah, let's just leave it, leave it Margaret Meg. Ryan. Or um, is she now Margaret, uh, what's that dude's last name? Who's she married to? Uh, she is married to Dennis Quaid. Oh. Margaret Quaid. How weird. What a weird thought that that could be her name, like her whole other life. Anyway. Tom Hanks. Tom, Tom Hanks probably is Thomas. I don't know. Maybe he is just Tom, though. I don't know. So I have to ask you a question, though. Ask me anything. In While You Were Sleeping. Yes. She looks a lot smaller than she does in this movie, but I feel like, and I've just, I've got no buses, Meg Ryan. <laughs> no, I don't mean like she, her weight, but I mean like her entire person and demeanor and everything. She just mm-hmm. seems tiny in that movie, yeah. and like normal sized in this movie. She's tiny. She's a tiny person in real life. I think they accentuated it in that movie, maybe because it's like I don't know. I also think part of it's her attitude. She's she's very like take charge in this. Yeah, she is. Yeah, and I think that's part of it too. And part of it is that a lot of the time she's just sitting at a desk, <laughs> typing on a computer. Well, and her I think her hair being cut somehow like makes her her hair is shorter than normal different. in this in this movie. The hair is shorter and she looks bigger. Somehow it does. Like like the big. She's over, got a reverse Samson going on. She had like the long hair and like big loose clothes in that movie. And just made her look tiny inside of it all. Yeah, yeah, she did. Yeah, she did look tiny. But, of course, both of those movies are not the best movie that Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan have been in together. Yeah, you told me this. Joe versus the volcano. Never seen it. Excellent movie. We have to watch it. Okay. I'll watch it with you. Joseph versus the volcano. We'll have to find time to watch it. Yeah. We don't have much time because we're always... Getting to the theater and seeing yeah. those new releases. We're always watching stuff for you, you yeah. people. It's, it's our it's our sacrifice for you. When, when, getting these tapes in the mail is like you've got mail for us. <laughs> anyway, um, so what did you think of You've Got Mail? I loved this movie. Like yeah. it brought me to tears and it made me feel good and like I mean there was just like a roller coaster of emotions. The characters were really good and fleshed out and interesting. Yeah. 
I, I, I enjoyed everything about it. Maybe one of the best last lines in a movie? Remind me. When she says, so spo- obviously this entire discussion is going to be spoilers for uh, You've Received Mail. So uh, if you haven't seen it, go out to the theater and see it. Because I, I also recommend it. I thought it was a fantastic film. Uh, she says, uh, I wanted it to be you. Yeah. That's, that's a very cute, endearing line. And Meg Ryan is such a fucking good actress. God damn, she, she deserves is. the Oscar in every time <laughs> she's in a movie. She's so good. She's so good and she's so charming. Like So is he though. Tom Tom Hanks is Jimmy Stewart. Like this is this is based on uh the shop around the corner, mm-hmm. uh which is what her shop is called. Uh, a movie from nineteen forty starring Jimmy Stewart. Okay. And he's our generation's Jimmy Stewart. Sure. hundred percent. Um, but she's now, I don't, I'm not going to say, I don't want to say this in a way that sounds demeaning because she's cute, you know, whatever. And like a, in a, in a very, uh, ephemeral kind of way, she's cute, but Meg Ryan is not, she's not sexy. No, for sure. She, and she's not like, I don't look like, I don't, I don't think, I don't find her personally attractive. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not like. Ooh, give me some of Meg Ryan or something like right. that. In some ways, you would think, or it could be like sort of a detriment as an actress, because uh, some actresses they they ca- carry themselves along pa- partially based on their sex appeal. I don't think any actress that's successful in the movies or in TV or whatever, even on stage, it that is. Because they don't have much talent and it's only their sex appeal. That doesn't happen. That's not what I'm saying. Everyone's talented. But someone like, and not to point her out or whatever, but someone like Cameron Diaz Mm -hmm. trades a lot on her sex appeal, right? Sure. Meg Ryan doesn't have that to fall back on. And she is so fucking effortlessly charming and, like, just fantastic. She captures Every emotion. Oh, yeah. She's like, she is the definition of what a good actor should be. Like, I can't say enough about how good she is at her job. Yeah, she um, is. Every time. And every time you fall in love with her. Mm-hmm. Like, even though she's not, like I said, even though she's not what people would consider like, oh, that's the ideal, you know, woman. She's a, she's a good looking woman. She's a fine looking woman. But even though that's not what, you know, society or whatever would be like. But you fall in love with her because of her character, yeah. because of her acting, because of her personality. And that's how I felt about Tom Hanks' character. I was literally going to say something similar. Like, he's not, to me, he's not very attractive. Agreed. I'm sure there are women out there that think he is. Rita Wilson certainly does. Right. Um, and most movies that I see, I mean, even when he is the love interest, I'm mm-hmm. like, mm, okay, for you. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, this movie, he managed to be so charming. Mm-hmm. That I actually felt like I could I could see it. Like, I could see how she could feel that, you yep. know? And they obviously have fantastic chemistry. Oh, yeah, they do. You know, you can tell they're friends in real life. They, you know, they have a really good... And they're both... And again, he is a fantastic actor. I mean, two-time Academy Award winner, obviously. Um, you know, so acting-wise, uh, you know, great stuff, obviously. Um, what must it be like for him to go from a movie like Pearl Harbor? 
to, to you've got mail. Yeah, like Not, you want you keep wanting to call it Pearl Harbor. I don't know why. I don't know. Either. I don't know why you want to call it Pearl what, Harbor. What's it called? It's called Saving, Saving Private Pearl. Ryan. It's about Pearl Harbor, right? No, it's about D Day. <laughs> it's a completely different theater. It's about the European <laughs> theater, the landing on Normandy Beach. Theater. Yes, theater. The European theater. Yes, they call it. Yes, the. There were two theaters in World War Two. No way! I never the, heard this. The European Theater and the Pacific Theater. That's what they called them. Weird. I thought you were just saying the wrong word. I thought you were having like some kind of weird aneurysm or something. No, like- no, you're having a weird aneurysm. <laughs> Hollywood make a movie about Pearl Harbor, and just to make Carol happy, call it Pearl Harbor, and put so Tom a, Hanks in it. So eventually, yeah, and put Tom Hanks in it. So eventually, she'll be right. <laughs> calling a movie Pearl Harbor. That would be nice. It's called Saving Private Ryan. Saving Ryan. But yeah, to go from this like bloody, awful, like heavy movie to this happy, light-hearted yeah. uh, comedy. It has to be insane. Um, but yeah, this movie, uh, directed and uh, written by Nora Ephron, uh, one of the, uh, you know, one of probably the most prolific uh, female directors okay. going, going around right now. Don't you think so? She did Heartburn. She she based, never seen it. She bases her movies on her life a lot, uh, like actual things going on in her life. Well, she did When Harry Met Sally. As That's well. a very good one. She wrote she wrote that. She wrote Heartburn. Heartburn is uh, Jack Nicholson, and I want to say Meryl Streep. I think it's it's like they're getting divorced, and it's about uh, a divorce. She did one of my favorite movies, My Blue Heaven. Um, she did, she did Sleepless in Seattle. Okay. Uh, she did that movie, Michael. Yeah. You know, the, um, the angel, the angel. One. Yeah, yeah, it exactly. was fine. Um, what? That's just your, your derision at that movie. Um, but anyway, so yeah, she's, she's one of the, the more prolific female writer directors out there. And another Another great script. Yes, it was. Very, very good. The, o- the only thing I would say, I guess, is that the movie feels its length at times. Okay. Especially towards the end. Like, the whole the whole brunt of this story is that uh, Tom Hanks plays um, whatever, John... Fox. John uh, B. Dalton's or... Uh, or John Borders or whatever, John Barnes and Noble. Yeah, he's the he's the son of some superstore book thing, mm-hmm. bookstore. It's a big yeah, it's a big book chain, and she owns and operates a small little family owned bookstore. Was it was it Joe? Joe was his name. Just call me Joe. That's right, Joe. Yeah. Joe Fox and Meg Ryan. That was not um, her name either. <laughs> What was her her Kelly Catherine Kelly was her mother? Uh, yeah, it was it, she we, was she was a Kelly. Too. She yeah, was her K, last name's Kelly. She was a KK too, though. Yeah, she was. I, her name was Kathleen. Kathleen. Kathleen Kelly. Her mom was some maybe uh, Christy Kelly or something. I, oh, I think. No, I think her mom was Kathleen. Or, well, anyway, she was Kathleen Kelly. I remember that. Okay. Uh but there's a there's a subplot too that's never really discussed hmm. where. His grandfather yeah. is like, um, oh, I, I think I dated her mom once. Yeah, he mentions that a few times. I wanted to be like, I think oh, we went on a date. Once. They're uh, they're 
they're related to Tom Hanks and Mel. Oh, God. That'd be this, messed up. It is kind of weird that he mentioned that a couple times. He, I mean, just and it never. It's it's a thread that never comes back. I mean, it, it gets mentioned between the main characters, I think, because just because he goes, your mother was enchanting, because his grandfather kept saying it, so it was like, yeah, something for him to say to her. I think. Yeah, I guess so. That kind of made them connect because you can tell how much she loves and misses her mother. It's like a yeah. constant thing throughout the movie, and that's that's a big theme of the movie too. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, family is family's a family huge. Family is a huge theme in this movie because she talks about her family, um, and she's all alone. Yeah, and well, and her the people that work with her are her family. Yeah, and her maid family, the kids that she reads to because mm-hmm. it's because it's a children's bookstore are her kids. You, you know yeah. what I mean? And uh, obviously, his family owns this bookstore. And they've got the grandfather, the father, who's Dabney Coleman. The grandfather's, uh, you know, the great uh, John Randolph. And then, um, obviously, Tom Hanks is the uh, the other one. But, um, you know, they they get to, like, the, what's his name? Dabney Coleman's dating this really young woman who ends up uh, getting divorced. Or not divorced because they're not married yet, but they end up breaking up. And- yeah, she leaves him for the nanny. And then he moves into... The a houseboat, which he has moved into every time he's gotten divorced, including from the main character's mother. Yeah. Um, and then he also moves in when he breaks up with his girl. Yeah, the yeah, because he's dating Parker Posey. Is that her character or the actress? That's the actress. Okay. Um, yeah, the, the, the supporting cast, the entire cast in this is good. I mean, yeah. Like Dabney Coleman plays his dad and he has like three scenes. And Dabney Coleman's a fantastic oh, actor. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, uh, Parker Posey, who I love is in this as well as Steve Zahn's in it. Um, and, uh, what's the two, um, the, oh, Gene Stapleton's in it from, from, oh, Archie. Oh, that's yeah, her. Yeah. Her older friend. Birdie. Yeah. The one that fell in love with Francisco Franco. And, oh yeah. <laughs> and then, um. Uh, why can't I think of his name? Greg Kinnear. Greg Kinnear's in it. They, he, she plays, uh, or he plays Meg Ryan's boyfriend at the beginning. Yeah, I like him. What else has he been in? We've seen him in stuff lately. He was in Dear God. He was okay. the former, before John Henson, no relation, was the uh, the host of Talk Soup okay. on E. Uh, he's been on a bunch of stuff. Sure. I just, I knew we'd seen him. He was in, um, he was in yeah, As Good As It Gets. That, yep, you, that I think he won sense. an Oscar for that. Okay, he was nominated for an Oscar for that. I don't remember if. He yeah, won. he was the the gay neighbor. That's yeah. it. That's why he looks so familiar. We saw him recently. Yeah, the gayer. <laughs> Goodness. Um. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just I was just saying. Oh, and uh, David Chappelle was in this. Yeah. Remember yeah. him? We saw that movie, um, Half Baked. Yep. Where he was half baked. He he was much better in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he was better in a movie with a better script. Yeah, like yeah. you can tell he can actually act. Yeah, he's not. Yeah, he's not bad. He's <laughs> it, he's he's a stand up comedian, uh, so he's sort of naturally funny. Um, like I said, we didn't love Half Baked. I don't think it was fine. Yeah, it was, but fine. it wasn't. Um, you know, it was, it's not a tight script, right? Mm-hmm. Like this is. Uh, but that part where he's. Tom Hanks goes to meet the because you you have to have seen the movie if you're listening to this. But they're speaking over the internet and everything. She's shop girl and he's 
NYC151 or something like that? Yeah, he has whatever his address numbers are. What a stupid name. (laughs) You might as well say, um, uh, here's my uh, zip code, my apartment number, come kill me. Oh, come on now. It's just the, the huge city and then his... You know, his street address. I guess that's Without true. the street. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, so he's going to meet her, and he doesn't know that it's Meg Ryan. Yeah, because they've met in real life, mm-hmm. and they don't get along. Yeah. So he he's like, you, David Chappelle, you go look. You, you see who it is, and if she's ugly or whatever. And he looks, and he's like, hmm. you know, she kind of looks like, that looks like that Kathleen Kelly lady. <laughs> and he's like, oh. And he's like, well, you know, you wouldn't hate that, right? You said you think she's cute. And he's like, yeah, whatever. But I, I don't want to be thinking about her right now. And he's like, well, if you don't like Kathleen Kelly, you're not going to like this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it is her. And it's, yeah, it's that that part's very funny. He sells that very well. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we do establish early on that he thinks she's beautiful. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's, helps lay the groundwork, at least. But there's the obvious, you know, like, tension and stuff like that. Once he finds out... So, here's a question I have for you. Hmm. Once he finds out, he begins a campaign of becoming her friend, insinuating himself mm-hmm. into her life, saying, like, like giving her advice about her pen pal dude, like, yeah. like playing both sides of the equation. And then at the end, like I said, they meet, and... She sees it's him. She starts crying. You know, she says that fantastic line, you know, I wanted it to be you. Um, would you forgive someone like Absolutely. this easily, though? Absolutely. Because he was like kind of playing with her. <laughs> yeah, but he, I mean, like he's so charming. I mean, it makes sense that she'd forgive him. Honestly, yeah. that she like, yeah, I, I, I would. She fell in love with him on on the Internet. And then she fell in love with him in real life. And I think that was really smart of him, though, because if he'd just gone in with her, their pre-established That's like true. animosity and been like, but you liked me on the Internet, I don't think it would have worked. She had to like him both ways. You're right. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. It wouldn't have worked. Oh, because she hated him. But this is this is a love story. Uh-huh. Like, this is a romantic comedy. There are so many romantic comedies that they make that's just, like, paint by numbers. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, blah, 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 blah. And sometimes those, even sometimes those can be entertaining or whatever. Uh, because a lot of it, so it's like a horror movie. Because <laughs> that, that gets very, horror movies and romantic comedies are the two kinds of movies that get very formulaic. Sure. And all the other stuff means so much more the acting the directing the atmosphere those things mean so much more in those movies than they than they would in some other movies especially like say like science fiction or fantasy which can be very like high concept sure. and out there and stuff yeah. like that uh, even action movies can be high concept and, and everything too some of them sometimes die hard and like uh you know like top gun and some of them um but anyway uh so the acting and everything means so much more. This one's fairly high high concept too, actually, though. This is one oh, of yeah. those where they, it's a much different kind of love story. It's not just like the, the, the tension is built in, you know, like the tension that you want is built into the relationship. And then the way around it is actually inventive. 
Yeah, it was interesting. It was interesting to watch the them go from enemies to yeah. in love. But I want to talk to you about the relationships they were in in okay. the beginning. Gotcha. <laughs> um, because, like, do you think they were cheating on their significant others? Yes. Okay. I do. They met in a chat room. Yep. And then they just were messaging or emailing or whatever. They they talked to talk about how they loved books and stuff like that. And it didn't sound like there was anything sexual at any point. No, I don't think there was. But I think that the behavior defines it. At the very beginning of the movie, she waits for uh for Greg Kinnear to leave and then she she logs on to the internet. He waits. He, like, peeks around, makes oh, sure yeah. Parker Posey is well gone before he opens up his computer. And then they, like, they a big smile on their face. And she talks about how, like, you know, oh, it's, like, the best part of my day, reading my, my message from NYC 151. And, like, the way they talk about it and the way they behave, they obviously think they're doing something wrong. Yeah, true. That is true. But it just, I mean, it didn't... It... It definitely wasn't the reason their relationships ended. They were both in they were both in relationships that they that didn't mean anything to them. And that's why they were doing what they were doing. Yeah, because uh fucking and that's that's established very early in somewhat like subtle ways for her kind of um more obvious ways for him because he's there with Dave Chappelle at the the building of their thing. And he's like, oh, I thought you were going to get married to Parker Posey. He's like, married? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> he is like, absolutely not. Right. And then for her, it's, he likes typewriters. He hates technology. She uses a computer. She's falling in love over technology. Right. Like, it's, they are two different people in vastly different worlds. Yeah. And that's a little more subtle but it's very foreshadowed with yeah. the, with the the choice of his tech. He wants to use a typewriter, you know, and everything. I didn't really pick up on that, but that's good. Yeah. There's um, a lot of subtlety there. There's a lot of subtlety with color in this too that I thought yeah. was that I thought was nicely done. Um, as they're building the the building again, that's all like that color palette is completely cold. The temperature of of that is freezing it's a lot of blues it's all you know and everything and then we we cut from that to her in her bookstore which is all in warm tones and feels like home it's all reds and browns i feel like we have not mentioned and i'm sure that anyone who's listened to this far and has seen the movie but just in case i don't think we've mentioned the actual plot point that he is putting her out of business with a giant bookstore yeah. right around the corner from her little bookstore. Exactly. So that is that is why. <laughs> and then the in the 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 boardroom scene where the three of them are there, that's all fucking blue. Yeah. And that's during the day in a corner office with a bunch of windows. Yeah. Like that's obvious. That's an obvious choice because that room would have been would have been full of light. You know, light from the sun, ambient light. Very warm temperatures. That is 
fucking blue as can be. It is. I really noticed it in there. And they're talking about, because they're talking also about putting her out of business. Mm-hmm. So they, and he says something like, oh, this one independent bookstore went out of business. He's like, I've got bad news. And they're like, ah! they start laughing like fucking villains, yeah. like oil barons. <laughs> they're the Illuminati of bookstores. Right. And uh, he's like, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll fucking buy up their, their old catalog and then we'll own those books. And it's like. I, I gotta say though, I do enjoy the coffee in the bookstore. Yeah, I, I love. So we we have a Borders by us. We mm-hmm. have a Barnes Noble by us, and I like those bookstores. Yeah, I feel like this one, this store is supposed to be Barnes Noble because Barnes Noble's the biggest, and it's got yeah. the coffee, and it's got yeah. the children's section with the toys, and yes, it's just like that, and I love it. I mean, I also like cute little stores like hers. Well, yeah, there's a there's an independent bookstore uh, that's down the street from where we live, and I buy used Stephen King books and stuff there all the time. Mm-hmm. And they but they don't sell. It's a used bookstore. They don't sell new books, so it's cheaper. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hers seemed like it was some kind of like hybrid, but well, yeah. I mean, like she had they had some first the, editions and stuff. Well, on he shelves. bought like four or five books and it was seven. $5. Yeah, that was insane. That was a little much. I mean, like, if you're paying full price, even for even those, that's too much. Yeah, it's a lot. Like they were saying, like his bookstore discounts because they buy in bulk. I'm sure. Yeah, and her her bookstore can't. But I feel like even the full price of of four books shouldn't be that much. It's a lot of money. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, and they're kids' books. Yeah. Kids books are generally cheaper because guess what? They're shorter. Mm-hmm. Like, and that makes a difference in the publishing world. That's why Stephen King books sometimes are a lot more expensive because there's, it's, it's the fucking weight. It's the paper. Yeah. It's the, there's more material cost if it's a longer book. Well, you know, hardcover versus softcover, all sure. of that, yeah. all that matters. Yeah. Well, for sure. But yeah, shorter books tend to be a little bit cheaper because they're, they don't cost as much to, to produce. Yeah. Yeah, that was bizarre. I mean, that's definitely not helping her her cause. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I wish I had more to say about the movie. It's really good. It is. Very it, it's good. like the the strength of it is the acting. It's great acting all the way around. Um, and I just I can't recommend it enough. I think it's awesome. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, like it it just gives you all the feels. Don't worry about how long we've been on the air, Carol. If you have more to say. Trust me, I will. I will. I will definitely react to stuff you have to say about the uh, the movie. I just, I don't really have more to say because it just was all good. There's, I can't. There's not a thing that I can criticize about the movie. There was nothing bad about the movie at all. I just, I want to ask. It seemed crazy to me. Ask me all the questions when he went to her apartment. Uh-huh. Like the day after or however long after she's been put out of business. Yeah. So she's depressed and in her pajamas and has a cold. And he just like gets somebody to let him in. He follows them in her building, goes up and sees her. And they're enemies. And he brings her flowers and like, oh, I heard you were sick and all this stuff. Like, was that even true that he heard she was sick or was yeah. he just saying that? No, he heard it. But he heard it from Steve Zahn. You you missed some dialogue, I think. No, I didn't miss it. The, the Steve Zahn was working for him. I don't think it was the day after. Okay. Because it, it was established that they hired him, yeah. and he's been in charge of the the bookstore for a while. The day that she gets out of business, she goes to the bookstore, yeah. and she's sitting there, and she's 
crying and talking about the shoe series, the yeah. ballet shoes and the the skating shoes and all that stuff. Um, so I think it's been at least like a week or something like that. I just think that it was really crazy that he went there, that she let him in, that the whole interaction occurred. Like, if it had been me, I wouldn't have let him get in the door. Yeah, no shit. Like, maybe she were supposed to believe she's a little delirious. Well, I don't know. She must have kind of liked him anyway, somehow. I mean, well, she did like him before she knew who he was. Yeah. Because they had met when he knew who she was, but he, she didn't know who he was with the FOX when he brought his, his niece and, or no, his nephew and his aunt, <laughs> the two no, children. His his brother, brother and his aunt. His yeah, brother and his aunt. Who yeah. are both children. Um, into her bookstore. Like, she seemed to like him then. I, so, I will take that back. I, there is one slight problem I have with the movie. Okay. It's very nitpicky. But at the end of the movie, we she's been put out of business. She's not going to go work for him. No. Steve Zahn's got the, the New York, the children's section in the big new store. He's got that on lockdown, mm-hmm. so they don't need her running that or anything like that. Um, but we don't ha- get any resolution to what she's going to do now. She's writing. She said she was writing a book. Oh, yeah, you're right. Forget it. I don't have any, no notes then. <laughs> Great job, Nora Ephron. <laughs> she's like talking about how she, she never thought she'd be a writer. She's but, writing yeah, children's books. She is. So, yeah. I, I mean, perfect. It's all wrapped up. Perfect movie, I think. Very good. Movie. I honestly think it's a perfect movie. There aren't that many that come along. Ghostbusters is one. There's there's a few others that have existed over the years. I honestly think this is a perfect movie. Yeah, definitely. Definitely see it and then see it again. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh but anyway, that is the uh the show for this week and for this year. Yeah. We're gonna we're saying goodbye to nineteen ninety eight, everybody. Next time we talk to you live, it will be nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, we are wrapping up our fifth year of doing this oh show. Oh my god, it's so crazy. So if you want to give us a gift and have the night of your life and uh be a bi curious female <laughs> Carol and I Again, late fee nineteen ninety four at AOL.com. Or you could always check out Patreon.com, that website our friend has. That's a good way to give us an actual gift. If yeah, you're that's interested true. In yeah, you could that. do that too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So happy holidays, everybody. Yes. And tell tell what? Them, tell them where to go. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry. Uh check out our website. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And uh you can write us at Late fee nineteen ninety four which you've said a billion times. Uh-huh. And uh share the tapes with your friends. Yeah, please tell friends about us. Give us that gift too. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.